Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. We often get the wrong impression about Christianity. We often get the wrong impression... We often get the wrong impression because we think, well, if we've trusted in Jesus, then everything should go all right. And sometimes uh, the preachers that we may see on the television or hear on the radio might go along with that. They might try to tell us that if, if something's not going right, then it must be because you just don't have enough faith. But you know, Jesus promised us that in the world we would have trouble. And we see in the story of men like Job, he was a a righteous man. And he didn't know what was going on behind the curtain, so to speak. But God was in control and, and He was orchestrating something that was supposed to be good for His glory. We often have difficulty believing. And this is nothing new. If we are to believe in Christ, it takes nothing less than a miracle. It takes nothing less than Jesus opening our eyes, softening our hearts like the song said. We need a miracle to be able to believe. It's no wonder that the the people in Jesus' day rejected Him. And this isn't just a warning for, for, for unbelievers. Um, the text we're going to look at, Jesus is, is talking about the, the mass unbelief of, of the crowds that, uh, or the Jews that didn't accept Him. But Paul, or not Paul, but the author of the Hebrews, the letter to the Hebrews, says in Hebrews chapter 3, take care, brothers, he's talking to believers here, take care, Care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. It is a real danger for us to struggle with that unbelief. I I don't think that we should think, well, that's nothing that should ever touch us. Otherwise, the author of the Hebrews wouldn't warn us about it. He warns us because it is a real danger even for us believers. To have moments of doubt. To have moments of unbelief. And so we pray, I believe, Lord. Help my unbelief. Just like the man that had brought his son to Jesus. I believe. Help my unbelief. Where, Where I'm lacking, Lord, add what is needed. Jesus, in this passage, is concluding His earthly ministry. He had had a ministry of teaching and miracles. He had turned water into wine. He had raised the dead. He had healed the blind. And yet, how did people respond? In spite of all those miracles, in spite of even raising a man from the dead... People didn't believe in Him. And in the end of John chapter 12, He concludes His earthly ministry 
The rest of the book of John is all with His disciples. It's private. It's with His disciples in that last week leading up to the crucifixion and then resurrection. And this is what Jesus says about that public ministry. In John chapter 12, beginning at the second half of verse 36, it says, When Jesus had said these things, He departed and hid Himself from them. Though He had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe in Him. So that the word spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Lord, who has believed what we have heard? what he heard from us. And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore, they could not believe, for again Isaiah said, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, lest they see with their eyes and understand with their heart and turn and I would heal them. Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and spoke of him. Nevertheless, Many even of the authorities believed in Him, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it, so they would not be put out of the synagogue. For they love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. And Jesus cried out and said, Whoever believes in Me, believes not in Me, but in Him who sent Me. And whoever sees Me, Seize him who sent me. I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me, in, in me may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my word and does not keep them, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words As a judge, the word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has given, has himself given me a commandment. What to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your grace. We thank You for Your Spirit which has enabled us to believe. We thank You, Lord, that You have given us Your Word, that You've spoken to us. I pray that You would give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to believe. And Father, I pray that you would be with me and give me grace as I preach. Help any remaining unbelief within me. In Jesus' name, amen. We had just seen Jesus. He was uh, troubled his soul was troubled and he, he prayed, Father, save me from this hour. And there were, there were people around him and they were asking the question, you know, uh, how can you say that the, that the Son of Man is going to die? They had expected a Messiah. They expected a Messiah that was 
one who would be political, who would come in and rout out the Romans and give them their own independence again. But Jesus was not that kind of Messiah. He wasn't the kind that they expected. He was one who came to die. He was one who gave His life as a ransom for many. He's the one who came to give His life for you. And so when, Je- when the people had said these things, when Jesus had said these things to the people, when se- He left. He went and He hid Himself. It's kind of a, a, a proper ending there for His earthly ministry. After He had been public and open, out teaching and proclaiming and, and doing many miracles, it ends with him pulling aside privately with his disciples. And he says, or then it says, though he had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe in him. Imagine if we had seen those signs walking on water, feeding the 4,000. Or the 5,000. Turning water into wine. Raising a child from the dead. Or uh, from, from illness. And they thought that he was going to die. Raising a man from the dead who had been dead for four days. All of the things that Jesus had done. And yet, with all of those signs, they didn't believe in Him. We could think if we had those signs performed among us, we would believe, wouldn't we? But it kind of makes us think that we're better than those who had Jesus among them. If we're honest with ourselves, we probably would be no better. Because honestly, to be honest with ourselves, there's nothing good in us. We, we, we probably would still be resisting Jesus. Still be running from Him if He had not taken us by His grace. Loved us when we were yet His enemies. Then it tells us this was all prophesied. It says, while you have the light... Oh, I'm sorry. So that the word spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. He's saying all this was prophesied. It didn't catch God by surprise that Jesus would come into the world and people would reject Him. It was part of His plan. He said, Who has believed our report and who, uh, who has believed what He heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? That's from Isaiah 53, the passage that Jane had read. It begins with the the whole idea that the Messiah would come into the world and He would do these things and no one would believe the things that He said. No one would who who believed His report. And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? The mighty works that Jesus did. He taught. That's the report that was given. And He did miracles. And yet no one believed. It wasn't revealed to them. 
The text tells us here, therefore they could not believe. For again, Isaiah said, this is going back to Isaiah chapter 6, when Isaiah was called, the Lord said, who shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah said, send me, Lord. I'm here, send me. And the Lord tells him, go and say to this people, keep on hearing, but do not hear. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull. I'm quoting from the Old Testament passage, the way that it has it written here, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, lest they see with their eyes and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. That was God's plan. The people were not to believe. Now, we, we might think this is just strange. This is strange. Why would God send His Son into the world and then blind everyone's eyes so that they don't believe? They don't see. But if it had been done any other way, then Jesus would have never gone to the cross. He would never have paid our sin debt. It's actually glorious. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? We are followed up with the fact that by His stripes we are healed. Our transgression was put on Him. All of those things we see in Isaiah 53. It wouldn't have happened unless the people rejected Him at first. It would have never happened. It was God's plan to send His Son into the world and He would be the stone that the builders rejected. He would be rejected by His own so that He would go to the cross and He would die a substitutionary death for us. He died in our place. Then verse 41, Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and spoke of him. Still speaking about Isaiah the prophet, Isaiah who had this vision in Isaiah chapter 6. It tells us, Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory. When we think of that chapter in Isaiah chapter 6, he He saw the Lord sitting high on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of His robe filled the temple. And the seraphim stood above Him crying out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts who was and who is and who is to come. The whole earth is full of His glory. When, I, when John tells us, Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and spoke of him, he's saying it was the Lord Jesus who was there when he had that vision of the Lord sitting on a throne. It was Jesus that was there. And he saw his glory in the suffering of the servant. In Isaiah 53, he saw his glory. He wrote about Jesus. John tells us that Isaiah was writing about Jesus whenever he says, by his stripes we were healed.
healed. When like, he was taken like a lamb to the slaughter. John tells us Isaiah was actually, he beheld Jesus and was able to write about those things 700 years beforehand. Verse 42, Nevertheless, many, even of the authorities, believed in Him, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it so that they wouldn't be put out of the synagogue. He gives a, an exception. The, the, the vast majority of the people that he ministered to, they didn't believe. They saw all these signs, they saw all these miracles, and they rejected him. And yet, there were some, even among the Pharisees, even among the leaders, who did believe. They, they saw what Jesus was doing, and they realized this this is real. This is God working. And yet, their faith was imperfect. Their belief was imperfect and almost in a condemnatory way. He says, For they love the glory that comes from man more than they love, more than the glory that comes from God. These Jewish leaders, they, they saw, they couldn't deny it. They thought, this had to be God, but they, they wouldn't dare confess it in front of the others because they didn't want to be put out of the synagogue. They didn't want the, the, the consequences. You know, when Jesus calls us to Himself, He wants us to make it public. He wants us to let everybody know in spite of the consequences. We don't want this said about us. We don't want it said about us that we love the glory that comes from man more than we love the glory of God. Like those Jewish leaders. And yet, even some of them, we know, did come out. They did make their faith in Jesus public. Otherwise, we wouldn't have known about this. John wouldn't have put it here if they didn't eventually come out and share we know of Joseph of Arimathea who was among these leaders who provided a burial place for Jesus. We know of Nicodemus who Jesus had talked with earlier and who had defended Jesus before the Sanhedrin. These were men who we know became believers later. The majority rejected Jesus. The majority would have nothing to do with Him because it would hurt their status before the community. And yet there were some who believe. Verse 44, And Jesus cried out and said, Whoever believes in Me, believes not in Me, but Him who sent Me. He cried out. He, he yells it loud. Whoever believes in Me, Believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And I don't think whatever he says, it's not in me. It's, it's not, not really a, an either or situation. It's a both and situation. If you believe in me, it's not just me. 
but it's also Him who sent me. He's saying, if you believe in Me, you believe in the Father. The things that Jesus has been saying, the things that Jesus has been doing, they are on the authority of the Father Himself. And whoever sees Me, sees Him who sent Me. He says in another place, if you've seen Me, you've seen the Father. And Jesus comes almost as far as saying that whenever He says, whoever sees Me, sees the One who sent Me. Jesus is coming just to the cusp of saying, I'm God. I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes may not remain in darkness. Remember, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He comes and He reveals and He exposes. He exposes our sin. He gives light so that He shows us what God wants us to know. He reveals things. He is light. So that if we believe in Him, if we trust in Him, no longer will we live in darkness. No longer will we wander around aimlessly not knowing where we're going. But we will have light. We will have a lamp into our feet. We'll have a light into our path. We'll have Jesus opening our eyes. Helping us to see the reality behind all of the world. And if anyone hears my words, here he goes negative, if anyone hears my words and doesn't keep them, I don't judge him. For I didn't come to judge the world, but to save the world. Now we have to think about this. The Bible tells us Jesus is one day coming as a judge. He's one day coming as a just judge. He's going to come. He's going to split the sky. He's going to come on a white horse with a crown and with eyes like flames of fire. And He's going to come in judgment. But here, the first time Jesus came, He didn't come to judge. But He came to save. And the first time. He said... I'm not going to judge that one who hears my word and doesn't do it. But my words will stand. What I've said, he'll be judged by those things that I've said. No one will be without excuse. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words, has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. We've heard the words of Jesus. We turn away from it. We've heard the Gospel of this free grace that is open and we just turn away from it. We reject it. We walk the other way and think that's, that's okay for them, but I've got my own way. Hearing those words will be our judge one day. Verse 49, For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has Himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. And I know that His commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. I think the emphasis that Jesus is 
hitting over and over again in these last verses from verse 44 to 50 is that He is God. He speaks with the authority of God Himself. He is trustworthy because when He speaks, God speaks. And when we face difficulties, the things that we don't understand, we can remember Jesus is trustworthy. We can believe in Him because He's God. He's come into the world as light. He, he helps us to understand things that we wouldn't understand without Him. He didn't leave us to be comfortless. Later on in the book, He tells us that He sends another comforter. He sends the Holy Spirit to be with us, to live inside of us, to help us to be our teacher. And when we face things that we don't understand, things that would shake our faith, things that would, would make us angry with God, the Holy Spirit is there to help us in our unbelief. To help us to do what we couldn't do. To cling to the cross. To cling to Him. To cling to the One who the Father has sent who came to save us. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.